Hey guys, welcome to the Growth Chronicles, a mind, body, spirit podcast. I am your host, Coach Dana Phillips with Sage and Harmony Holistic Coaching. A quick disclaimer before we begin, the information provided on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to treat or diagnose any health or mental health conditions. Please continue to see your healthcare and mental health care providers. All right, so welcome to episode eight, everyone. We are excited to be here with you guys, and we are at the end of 2023. What an exciting year this has been, and it's been a year of growth and changes and love and losses and and so many things, and I wanted to share um, something that I started doing a couple years ago, which is I started doing these check-ins with myself, basically, um, twice a year, once around my birthday in August, and the second right at the end of the year. And so I wanted to share my end of year things that I've learned with you guys today. Um, and so just hang with me for a second and tell me if any of these things resonate for you. Um, cause I definitely want to hear what you guys, uh, what you guys are growing through as well. So definitely leave in the comments, anything that you guys have been growing through this year, please share. If there's one thing that I've learned is that life goes on. The world keeps spinning. The flowers keep blooming. The bill collectors keep collecting. And these things will happen whether I am here or not. They will happen whether I am in a good mood or not. So why bother sulking? The way I see it, I have two choices. I can merely exist in this blink of time that I'm here, or I can make the most of it. And being the rebellious, tenacious person that I am, the latter is definitely more appealing to me. I've spent most of my life just existing, being careful not to plan too far ahead because you just don't know what life is gonna throw your way. To be honest, it was a miserable place. It was dark, it was gloomy, and it was lonely. Those days, my greatest achievement was taking care of my then tiny humans and making sure that they felt seen, heard, valued, and loved. Then, at the end of the day, I would crawl back into my bed and pray for strength or whatever God thought I needed. As I stated a few years ago, I started just doing this check-in on myself and my life. Not checking in on accomplishments necessarily, even though that is one of, one of the things on my list, but also the lessons that I was learning that I was growing through. And today I would like to share the three biggest lessons of my 2023. First is relocation. Now, I'm sure if you listen to me enough and long enough, 
my very Brooklyn accent will definitely pop up, especially if I have a guest on that, or if I get really excited, if I have a guest on that is from New York, I will definitely revert back to a solid Brooklynese <laughs> accent. Um, and so being from, from a big city, I'm used to, yes, of course there's racism, but I'm also used to a certain, a, a certain, uh, diversity and multicultural life and inclusion. And so moving to a smaller town in the South, it was harder than I expected it to be. Now I've relocated from other places before. And, and to be quite honest, I, I lived, uh, in a smaller city in, uh, in Florida for a little bit, didn't really care for it too much. Uh, so I moved back, I moved to Orlando and I've been in Orlando for close to 20 years. Um, or just actually about 20 years. Um, and Orlando, obviously not as big as New York, but still pretty, you know, pretty decent in, uh, in diversity. So, and I'm one of those people that I can pack up and I can move to a new place and, you know, be just fine. Like, I, I don't care about like anything. I, I don't mind starting over. I can start with a suitcase and a <laughs> and, and nothing and, and start over. And I'm completely fine doing that. Um, so I was confident that moving to a uh, city that we had moved to was going to, to be well. I mean, I had no problems with it. I was so confident, in fact, that when my husband tried to tell me how different things were here, I laughed it off. I remember saying to him, well, how bad could it be? Well, ladies, gentlemen, and my non-binary friends, it turns out that it could be a total shit show. And I really wasn't expecting it. As a non-Christian, strong-willed, educated Latin woman with her own business, it turns out that can still be a problem in some places. Now, I, again, knew that it existed. I have experienced racism in my life, but as my husband said, you will not experience racism until you've experienced Southern racism. And that was crazy for me. Um, so I was excited to move to a small little town with quaint little shops and festivals and be a part of the Friday night lights with the high school football games and cheering the kids on. And I was so excited because I didn't have that growing up. You know, I wasn't part of any of those things. So being a part of it now was really, really special. Um, I've had to stand up against religious discrimination here, uh, misogyny, blatant racism. I was even told that changing my name from Gomez to Phillips was the smartest thing that I could do here. And yeah, <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Um, 
but I did what I do best. I used it in my favor. Whatever isn't there, I will find a way to create. I will never be everyone's cup of tea, nor do I intend to. There are 7 billion people on this planet. And if I try to even make a quarter of those people happy, I will lose my mind. So that's never going to happen. Um, in 2018, when I finally came out of the proverbial broom closet, I was terrified of the persecution that I was going to face. I worked for a um, faith-based organization at that time. And so I was worried about losing people and even losing my job. I had a close friend of mine at the time offer words that I still hold dear to this day. And he said, who are you afraid of losing? Everyone who knows you knows you and we love you and accept you. So as these insecurities pop up, I remember those words. And I remember that everyone isn't for me and I'm not for everyone. That is absolutely okay. I'm grateful to have an amazing family and support system and life is good. Um, I'm grateful to have a loving, supportive, kind, compassionate, strong, protective husband. And he is my sanctuary when things get too hard here. Which leads me to number two, marriage. After being here for a year, I can honestly say that I just, over the last few months, relaxed in my new environment and my marriage. Um, you've heard me say before that a healthy relationship will definitely bring up triggers that you thought were healed and gone. Um, I was terrified of falling back into codependency. I started deep diving into hyper-independency, kind of, sort of, in, in a way. Like, I was, I was stepping in and out of that, if that makes sense. Um, and even though I curbed it a bit while we were dating, there's nothing like living with someone to bring up all unhealed shit. <laughs> um, this was a new experience for me. I was moving into his house. Now, let me explain why this is such a big deal. I've never moved in with anybody before in my entire life. I have, I made an agreement with myself at 17 years old. Well, after my father, my stepfather kicked me out at 15 and I kind of started getting my stuff together. It took me a while, obviously, to get an apartment and things or whatever. And as I did that, at that age, 17, 18 years old, as I started doing these things in I swore that I was never going to move in with anyone. I swore that I was never going to put myself in a position where someone can kick me out again. And not realizing it because I'd made that agreement with myself at such a young age when I was angry, feeling abandoned, in pain, 
that I still held that agreement till I was 46, 47 years old, 27 years old. And that agreement kept me safe my entire life. It kept me in control my entire life. It kept me in a place that no one was going to take from me the way that they had taken from me when I was a teen. Now, I will say that my stepfather didn't just wake up and decide to kick me out one day. He reinforced the entire time that I lived with there. I mean, him and my mother bought a house together and they moved in and I was there obviously at, at a pretty early age, but his, the entire time he would tell me that this was not my house. It was his house. So there were a lot of things that I experienced growing up that I never wanted my kids to experience. Like I've never said to my kids, this is my house. You just live here. I've never said that to my kids because I know how, how hard that can be hearing that as a child, you never feel like this is your place. And I, I never made sure I always told the children, this is your home. This is our home. We are together as a family. It's just, you know, whether at the time it was Max's husband and, and, and I, this is our home. Right. So they never had to fear or feel like it was never their house. That was another agreement that I made with myself. My kids will never experience that feeling that I felt. And I had to finally put that agreement to bed after all these years. I finally had to say, okay, we're not in the same space anymore. You're not an angry teen anymore. You know, you are, you have a thriving business. You can take care of yourself, all of these things. It's fine. You're okay. You're safe. Your relationship is safe. So when I moved in, I needed to make sure I still was in that state of, mm, eh, I still need to do things right because if I don't do things right and if I'm not perfect, he's going to find that out and I'm not perfect and he's going to kick me out. That was, that was still in the, in the back of my mind that I needed to do things right. And God bless my husband for his patience. And he's done everything humanly possible to make his house our home. And to make sure that I felt welcomed and wanted and valued and loved. Everything possible. I had to work through the issues that I had. Things that he has never done. Things that he never did. I needed to make sure that I didn't make him pay for my past traumas. My husband's greatest gift for me to me is that he is consistent. <laughs> and you don't really appreciate consistency until good consistency, positive consistency, healthy consistency until you actually have it. His moods, his tonality, um, it is all consistent. He's never in the three years that we've been together made me feel unsafe or has had any crazy outburst. 
um, he has made, helped me feel safe and secure. And the emotion monitoring that I was doing, and I'm sure that I still do to this, to this day, um, is, is a lot less. And I've learned to work through that because of his consistent, loving, peaceful nature. I can relax. And for those who can relate to this movie, I can finally exhale. After my divorce, I swore that I would never get married again. But as I got older and started doing a ton of trauma healing, I realized that I could redefine things like marriage and love. And once I did that, everything just started changing. Everything shifted. I decided that I was going to marry my best friend. I decided that we were going to love each other and laugh every single day. And that it was going to be the easiest thing next to breathing. I decided that way before I met my husband. And that's exactly how our marriage is. Our marriage has been healing and beautiful and safe and loving. And we laugh every single day. And yes, we help each other to grow. Number three, final, relationships. I suppose I'm still growing through and struggling in this area. You say struggling. The last two years has taught me lessons in humility, acceptance, and detachment. And as you grow, you just assume that the things in your life will keep up and the relationships will keep up and they will stay the same. You think that the people that are in your life will be in your life forever. But the reality is things change and people change the same way that we do. Even our children, our children grow up and they become their own people with their own thoughts and their own feelings and their own opinions and their own values. And you hope that the values that you instilled in them early on become part of their foundation. And most of the time it does. And other times you realize that sometimes you have to let go because the pain of holding on is too much. The pain of expectation is too much and, and truly it's unfair. Um, my children specifically are on their own journey and as that their paths are, uh, evolving. Right. And what I realized is that, you know, when I was there in Orlando and we saw each other every single day, it was very easy for us to, you know, integrate our thoughts and our opinions and, you know, all of these things. And, 
and how they were still, even though they were adults, they were still very much under me in that sense, like as, as a parent. Right. And once I moved, then that started shifting. Whereas they are now their own separate entities, <laughs> if you will. Right. They're their own. And they have, and I'm not saying that it was one of those things where, you know, they were coming to me or I was kind of controlling them. It, you know, I've always, I've always promoted my kids to be very independent, but because we were still so close together and even still living in the same home, it was very easy for us to kind of rely on each other for a lot of things, whether that was, you know, me cooking every day, or if it was just, Hey, coming in and let's having a, you know, a quick talk or, you know, like the laundry and the chores or whatever that I had put in to place when they were very little. Well, now my three kids live on their own in, in the house. So they've taken over the house in Orlando and they've had to figure out their own chore system. They have to figure out who's cooking. They have to figure out who's doing the shopping. They have to figure all those things out. And it's, it's so funny to kind of watch them in this new form of adulthood that they're going through. And I, I've to not, put my input in to not give my my input in that um it was hard in the beginning because it was like well why would you change that and it was like well because that was how you wanted it so we just left it that way but that's not what works for us oh oh okay <laughs> it's a little little uh but the reality is that that's it makes perfect sense right that's you know they're not 16 years old anymore now they're 26 and they're 23 and so they, it's changed for them. It's supposed to, but I think because I was, I was there every day that it just was so much easier for, you know, for mom to do things or for us to stay with the uh, agenda that mom has set for us since we were little. Um, and so I, I had to learn to step back and realize that that is what we both needed for them and for their growth. Um, and sometimes, especially if you don't step back, you realize that you start speaking two different languages and that no one can understand the other. And then frustration sets in and then anger sets in and then even resentment can set in. And then you end up hurting each other more than loving each other. And that that's not good for anybody. So in order to help my kids to grow and support their growth, I needed to fully step back and say, okay, this is you. I'm here. If and when you need me, but you have to tell me how you need me. So if you call me for advice, or if you call me and you want to vent, I, instead of just going into mommy mode and saying, oh, well, of course, you know, let me, let me just protect you and love you and show you, you know, make everything better. It, it had to now turn to how, what would you like from me in this conversation? Do you want me to just listen? 
Do you want my thoughts and opinions? Do you want my advice? Do you want different perspectives? What is it that you're looking for? So I know how to love you and support you in this conversation. Because the most natural thing for me is to be mama bear and protect my babies. I'm always going to protect my babies. But, but I had to learn that I can't, sometimes they don't want protecting. Sometimes they don't want advice. Sometimes they just want to be heard. They just need a place to vent. Now, the relationship changed because, you know, instead of the questions and, and how, you know, when they were growing up, now it's, well, what credit card do you think I should get? <laughs> you know, how do I know how to, how to choose the best credit card? How do I know how to, how to do this? Or so the, the, you know, which as far as investing and stuff like that, like these are things now that the conversations are more of a support and a guide than me, mommy, them. Like, you know, make sure you eat your vegetables, make sure you brush your teeth. Like I, I, I haven't done that for them in forever, but even as teenagers, there was still a lot of guidance that you try to give them. But as adults, you have to learn that I can't give you that guidance. I can give you my thoughts and my experiences, but that's not going to mean that it's going to be your experiences. And that was something that I had to learn too, was trying to protect them from the things that happened to me was me projecting my pain on them also. Um, so, so that was, that was a huge, huge lesson for me because if anybody knows me, I have always been super, super, super close and love with my kids. My kids, anybody will tell you that my kids are my beginning end and all. Um, and they still are, but they're my adults now. <laughs> I mean, they'll always be my children, but they're my adults now, you know? Um, and that's okay. But fuck that beginning was, was hard. You know, we both had to, uh, when I say both, I mean, all three of them and me, like all of us collectively had to learn how to shift and evolve with this process because mom's not there every day now, you know, mom, you know, when you come home from work, unless somebody else cooks, it's not on the stove or it's not in the oven waiting for you. You have to figure this out yourself. And that was a change. Then, you know, if, well, if, if this one doesn't do the chores and this one doesn't do the chores, well, who's going to do the chores? Well, it's not going to be mom. Oh, okay. So then who's, so then they have to start creating these own things. And, the, and them doing this, they've been able to learn and grow together and me stepping back and allowing that space for them to grow and learn and work through the, those things together themselves. Um, so that's my kids in the relationship then, that the way that that changed with my kids. On the other side of it, um, friends and family, my toxic trait is being so fiercely loyal that I would stay no matter what. And yes, a lot of that was my people pleasing trauma. <laughs> um, but I, I would be one of those that would try to fit a square peg in a round hole. 
and let's make it work under any circumstances and it's fine and we can get through this together and all of those things. So moving and getting married changed a lot of relationships with around me with my friends and family. And where I thought it would strengthen our relationship, it did the exact opposite. It actually, my circle ended up becoming a dot. And what I do know about people is that you can only meet them where, where they are. And the saying, my perception is my reality, is, is the truest thing. If they are in a state of pain, pain is their language. That is what they speak. And I can't make them understand peace by trying to convince them of it. I can only live my truth and hope that they will see it, want to be a part of it. I can, as your friend, love you and support you, but I will not argue with pain. I will not do it. I will remove myself before I argue with pain. Before I remove myself, I know that I have given everything that I possibly could in loving and supporting. But the other thing that I learned is that, you know, you can only push people away so much before they finally go away. And that was a hard lesson that I had to learn. Um, as I said earlier, life goes on. I don't have any regrets of the relationships that have ended. Not that I don't miss them, because honestly, I miss them dearly. But I know that we were in each other's lives for a time and for a reason. And I can only hope that they remember the love and the laughs that we had the times that we were together as much as the pain in the end. I've learned that no matter what the situation, I can always find a blessing in the mess. And those are my big lessons for this year. I hope that 2024 brings me well, I know it'll bring me new lessons. <laughs> um, I just, I hope that I, I can pick up on some of the, less, the lessons that I've learned a lot faster, sooner, um, and that everything that I've grown through this year helps to strengthen me for, for next year. And I hope that for you as well. I, I wish you all an amazing 2024. I am so grateful for your love and your support. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up for yourselves. Um, and definitely, like I, meant, I said earlier, you know, put what you've been growing through in 2023 in the notes, because definitely want to read through that and, and see what you guys have been growing through. Um, and what you're looking for forward in 2024. Um, I wish you all a safe and prosperous, abundant, healthy, happy new year. 
And I am excited to be here again with you guys. Next week, we have a very special guest joining us on what they're growing through. So make sure that you tune in again next Saturday. And also, in the meantime, stop by our website, www.snhcoaching.com, and check out our services and our journals uh, for kids and teens and adults. And uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook at Coach Dana, follow us on, let's see, on YouTube <laughs> at Coach Dana. And uh, I will see you guys next week. Ciao for now. Be kind to yourselves and to others, my friends. <music>